Before we get into today's Reddit stories, I first of all need to tell you about one of my other favorite Reddit podcasts out there, The OKOP Show. If you guys are looking for even more daily Reddit content, then The OKOP Show with John and Sam is perfect for you. Just search for the letters OKOP wherever you get your pods. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you've ever lived with someone who kept stealing your food, you will know how annoying that is. However, there are ways to stop this. Have a look at this for some phenomenal pro revenge. Some like it hot. Reading a recent stolen food pro revenge reminded me that I too have a similar life experience to share. This is a true story. I had taken an R&D internship for a food company over the summer in Keokuk, the armpit of Iowa for those unfamiliar. For housing accommodations, the company had set me up in the local college dorm that was previously a retirement home. So it basically had individual rooms and bathrooms, but one large commercial kitchen. It was summer and the school didn't have a summer program, but allowed two full students to move in at the beginning of the summer. One was rarely there, but the other was constantly in the building and oftentimes had multiple friends over. Given the kitchen setup, we all stored our food there and it's a pretty no brainer that you shouldn't take from others but immediately I had various food items going missing or being consumed regularly. Sodas, empty boxes of cereal put back on the shelf, etc. I initially posted a sign on the fridge to not eat others food and also confronted both about having food go missing after the sign was up, but it didn't stop whomever from stealing my food particularly when I'd head out of town for weekends. After complaining about the situation to my manager during my job, they helped formulate the perfect pro revenge. Given I was doing R&D work on food products, I was responsible for getting various ingredient samples to use for new recipes. My manager suggested that I get some capsaicin extracts for my research, even though we weren't doing anything in that realm for flavor profiles. Well, I found a company that had various Scoville unit extracts and I asked for a variety to see what worked best for our applications. Well, did they deliver with some small two ounce bottles of 50K, 100K and 250K Scoville extracts. I ended up putting the 250K in a travel size spray bottle mixed with some water to help as a carrier and wearing gloves and a mask borrowed from work doctored the common food items being stolen with a liberal spraying of my mixture, mainly cereal, chips, crackers, jug of milk, and the lip or top of a few soda cans. For the snacks, I actually put some into a separate bag and left them open to dry before mixing back into the original packaging. I did this in a different dorm room in my wing as I know well enough how potent this can be in enclosed spaces. I did this right before another trip out of town. And when I returned, I found some of the chips and cereal and milk was missing, plus two of the three cans of soda that I doctored. I never got to see the result, and no one ever said anything, but none of my food went missing for the remaining month of my stay. 
I hope the experience was enlightening for them and they still remember the time they played with fire. Wow, that is some top tier revenge right there. I feel like this is a level up of other stories, similar stories that we've seen in the past before where Spice has been involved to stop people stealing food. This though is on another level, using your work as a, as a food technologist or, or whatever it is really that you, that you do to just <laughs> go above and beyond here. I mean, normally you'd say there's no real way that you could, you know, get inside a soda can and kind of infiltrate the liquid with some spicy sauce or whatever but by putting a little drop on on the rim genius it really is i would never have thought of that i will say though that it sounds as if your roommate went through quite a number of your things you know two of the three cans of soda have, have been taken does that mean that they had one thought oh this is a little bit spicy as their mouth was burning and then we're like oh, let me just check this i have another one as well oh yeah it's equally as spicy like how have how have they done that? They obviously are very stupid in general, but to go for two soda cans um, instead of just one? Overall, great revenge. Nobody likes a food thief dealt with. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now for our second pro-revenge story of this episode. Revenge on a client who tried to throw me under the bus. I was pushing 40 and I'd learned a lot of lessons in more than 10 years of legal practice. But one of the most important lessons I learned was from an older lawyer that I worked for as a summer student after the second year of law school. A lawyer has three duties, he told me. First to himself, second to the court, and last the clients. Always make sure you come first and the client comes last. The reason? Because clients will screw you, he said. They'll throw you under the bus without thinking twice. I should have stayed with this lawyer, but being young and an idiot, I had to go work downtown. And I'm still downtown now, but fortunately for me, I remembered this lesson. And it came in handy many years later when a client really did try to throw me under the bus. My client was this mid-sized company that did this and that and owned things here and there. Not big enough to be listed, but it did have a pretty sizable real estate portfolio. And one day, a building they owned burned to the ground. The company wanted to collect on the insurance, so they told Frank, a veteran salary man, to deal with it. Frank was close to 60 and thought he knew what he was doing. He didn't need me to help him with the insurance claim, he told me. He had everything under control. Besides, lawyers are expensive. Some guys really get off on not paying legal fees, and Frank was one of those guys who gloated over every penny that he managed not to pay to the lawyers. I dealt with Frank a lot, and he was always nickel and diming me. The insurer is going to screw you, I told Frank. It was only by luck that I even knew about the fire and the loss, because Frank could not ask for my help. He just let it slip one day. And since then, I'd kept on top of him, trying to get him to smarten up. I'd had to fight to get him to send me the proof of lost form to make sure he hadn't messed that up. Frank had screwed up a lot, and I wondered sometimes how he had a job. But the proof of loss was okay, at least, so that was one less thing to worry about. You don't know that, he said. I could tell he just wanted to get me off the phone. I'm paid to know when insurers are trying to screw my clients, I said. And the insurer is going to screw you. They've been stringing you along for ages with requests and questions and paperwork, but they aren't going to pay you, not unless you sue them. 
but Frank said he knew what he was doing, that it was all under control. And besides, he got along with the adjuster so great. The limitation period expires in two weeks, I said. And once that two weeks pass, it will be too late to sue. The moment that limitation period expires, they will stop taking your calls. You'll get a final email saying, sorry, you're out of time. And that will be that. Don't leave this till the last minute. Let me sue right now and you'll have the money in no time. Frank was like, sure, fine, whatever. Don't bother me. I got this blah, blah, blah. And he got off the phone as soon as he could. I sent him the usual email with clear warnings and recommendations, which he ignored. I sent the email again and then again as the limitation period approached and again a couple of days before the deadline. I'm going to be at trial and you won't be able to reach me, my final email said. But you have to sue. You have other firms on your list, so pick one and sue. He didn't bother to reply and I went off to do my trial. The trial lasted a couple of weeks and no email from Frank. Then a month passed and another month, still no email. I figured he must have sorted things out. Maybe Frank was right after all, I said to myself. And then my phone rang. It was Frank. Remember that fire insurance thing we spoke about? We'd only spoken about it like a dozen times. I figured he was calling up to gloat, so I cut to the chase. So they paid out. That's great, Frank. You were right. He asked me what I was talking about and could he see a copy of the claim? What claim? I said. The claim against the insurer. You you know, that, that, that claim. Does that mean the insurer didn't pay? I said. He hung up on me. And then a few minutes later, my computer dinged and there was Frank's email talking about how he spoke and he told me to sue and he was worried when I hadn't sent him a copy of the claim so he was following up to get a copy of the claim. I emailed him back. I take it that the insurer didn't pay you, just like I told you they wouldn't, and now that the limitation period is expired, they told you to jump in the lake, leaving you with a loss in the millions. Is that it? I'd made a mistake by not going over Frank's head when he wouldn't listen to me. But if I'd gone over Frank's head, I never would have received another file from him, so I didn't. But that was then and this was now, so I CC'd Frank's boss and his boss's boss, plus I CC'd Bill, the client's in-house counsel. Bill acknowledged my email right away and called me later that day. Frank messed up, he said. We know that. He's an idiot. So what do we do? So his excuses didn't work? Nope. Bill explained that they'd summoned Frank to a boardroom, but his story didn't add up, given all the warnings I'd sent him. Besides, there would have been no reason for him to keep emailing the insurer if he told me to sue. Once the file goes to legal counsel, Frank's role was over. The company knew Frank was BSing them. So that's it then, Bill said. We just lost a couple of million bucks. It's okay, I said, explaining that when I realized that Frank was going to F up, I issued a claim against the insurer. Because I'd made Frank send me the proof of loss a while earlier, I had enough information that I could sue to preserve the cause of action. Not a great claim and short on details, but good enough. You sued without instructions, Bill said. Lawyers aren't supposed to sue without instructions because if you do that, you're personally liable for whatever cost the other side incurs. It's a big deal to sue without instructions. Yep, I said, I sued without instructions. I pulled up a copy of the claim and emailed it to him as we spoke. It's a little rough, I said, but we can always amend. Thank God, Bill said. Can I leave it with you? Of course he could. The insurer was a sitting duck and I knew I'd collect from them, no problem. A few days later, I got a call from another guy who worked for the client, a guy I didn't normally deal with. They had a situation and needed my help. I usually deal with Frank, I said. What's up? 
What was up was that frank got called into another meeting and they handed him a one-page letter And then he put his little office things in a box and security walked in past his co-workers to the elevator Escorting him downstairs to the parking lot. Bye. Bye frank. He was too old to get another job or at least not a decent one It was a life-changing event for frank But for me, he was just an anecdote a cautionary tale that I tell young lawyers sometimes over beers Maybe too often because i'm getting on in years and I have my favorite stories I wasn't trying to get revenge on frank not at all And I would have felt a bit sorry for him if he hadn't been trying to throw me under the bus But the guy who replaced him was great and never nickel and dimed me. So it was all good Yeah, I mean sorry my my overarching conclusion from this story guys is that Frank is just an absolute clown. What is the point of of having a lawyer if you're not going to use them for situations like this? Yeah, fine. I get it. Lawyer fees are expensive. Sure. But when a building is burned down and it's kind of on a knife edge as to whether you can get the payout money from your insurer or not, surely you say, okay, when it's this severe, let's use our lawyer, whose, whose job it is, by the way, to make sure you get paid out. Don't stiff them like this. I mean, how much would it really cost anyway? As a percentage of the millions that the building costs, how much is a lawyer's fee really going to be? I mean, it's going to be minuscule, really, if you, if you see it like that. Just pay the money. You're so lucky. You're so, so lucky that OP has, has done this off their own back. Put themselves up, up and put themselves at risk. Because I don't think the majority of lawyers would have done this. And you would have been absolutely stiffed. I mean, yeah, look, you still lost your job, Frank. But it could have been so much worse. I just don't really get it. The more I think about it, the more confusing it is. Frank himself isn't even the one that's paying for the lawyer. It's not his business. He has bosses. Why is that? Is, is he then just going to his bosses and saying, guys, don't worry, I handled it myself. That lawyer that you pay for, don't worry, don't need him. But it's just so dumb. Like if you're Frank's boss, you're probably going to be saying, okay, thanks, man. You've saved us a few thousand dollars here, but wh- why do we employ this lawyer in the first place? Why is he our go-to guy? Because he knows what he's doing and on the whole saves or makes us money. Really, really dumb. Yeah, as I said, lucky that you kind of got away with this one, but yeah, Frank had to go. And that has ended this one. So that means you have to go and hit the subscribe button. <sighs> there we go. Come on, drop a like just for that. If you did enjoy this one, let me know in the comments down below. Like the video, subscribe and follow me on podcast platforms and here on YouTube if you are watching my beautiful face. And guys, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more Reddit stories. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.